Welcome to the Fast Casual QSR Web and Pizza Marketplace Podcast. Unlock an easier way to schedule your team of all-star employees. No spreadsheets, no hassle when team members want to swap shifts, and fast substitutions when staff call out sick. With Deputy, it's simple and lightning fast to create and share employee schedules. It's how over 250,000 workplaces are making life easier. From restaurants to retailers, to hotels and healthcare clinics, Ready to up your scheduling game? Go to deputy.com. Deputy, scheduling shifts is our goal. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Mandy Wolfdetweiler, editor of Pizza Marketplace. And today we're here with Scott Anthony, owner of Punxy Pizza in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Scott is a marketing consultant for the pizzeria industry, and he is a book author for a pizza book on marketing. It's called The Profits in the Pie. Scott's been a member of the World Pizza Champions for years and is a national speaker on the topic of marketing in the restaurant industry. So, Scott, thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for the invitation. I appreciate it. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some marketing techniques that are commonly used in the restaurant industry. And we're going to discuss a little bit the difference between grassroots marketing versus guerrilla marketing. Scott, if you could tell us the difference in their in their kind of their very basic definitions. Yeah, these are pretty interesting topics and grassroots and guerrilla marketing are can kind of overlap also. But with uh, with your grassroots and your real hometown community, your neighborhood marketing, you're you're generally purposefully targeting a niche group of people in an attempt to get them to buy or try your product. So you go directly after that one niche group. Whereas in guerrilla marketing, it's more of a advertisement strategy to gain top of mind awareness to a much larger audience. And hopefully you'll strike a chord within that audience that'll get these people to try your product. With with, uh, grassroots marketing, we sort of seem a more traditional, less aggressive um, ways of communicating with people. But with guerrilla marketing, as the name implies, you usually get some stunts, uh, things that would make people talk, um, a little bit uh, more aggressive and uh, things to attract attention to maybe snowball the idea that they're trying to get across. So if I was doing some grassroots marketing and looking at the trends that are in the industry now, maybe I would want to target uh, people with um, the need to buy a gluten-free or cauliflower pizza. So that would be a niche that I would go and market to just those people. So I would need to find in my area where maybe there's a celiac association or something like that and just target them and have them want to come to my restaurant and, and buy. Um, Whereas with guerrilla marketing, I could go to the entire community, uh, the entire region even, and do something in a marketing strategy to gain top of mind awareness and get people talking and hope that they're going going to come here. Uh, One example of that that I uh, read about was with the the Sopranos on HBO. What they did to gain top of mind awareness and what HBO did to try to get people talking and then tune into the show was they had taxi cabs in New York City drive around with an arm hanging out of the trunk. So that, that caught a lot of attention and got people talking. What's that all about? And got them to tune into The Sopranos and make it a hit show. So for us, um, you know, any kind of publicity stunts 
that could be done, uh, whether it's putting up big balloons or somehow drawing attention to yourself in other ways. Um, we've seen the one <clears throat> pizzeria in, I believe it's, it's, it's either in Australia or New Zealand, but it's uh, whole theme is based on hell. So they do a lot of yeah. protests, um, a, a lot of things. A lot of their ads are, you know, you know, why don't you go to hell and have a good pizza, things like that. And, um, you know, it, it causes quite a stir, even controversy. But the controversy, you know, works for them. It gets people talking and it gets people to want to, you know, be curious and go and try this place and see what it's all about. So you can either go for the niche or for the, the top of mind awareness. And both of these can be, you know, very effective marketing tools. You just need to be creative and think about what you really want to get out of your market and how to market and, and place yourself in the market. What image do you want to have? Can you ever do too much and dilute your brand? Definitely. Um, as far as about doing too much, especially nowadays, there's, there's so many different platforms that you can connect with people on, whether it's some of what we consider old fashioned, like mail or uh, door hangings, uh, box toppers, but you also have, you know, text messaging, email, and all kinds of social media. And now there's, uh, you know, services that can work through messenger on Facebook. So if we're overusing all these platforms, we can become intrusive to the point where people just want to turn off our brand. They've heard enough. And I personally, um, I'm really strong on menu marketing. I feel that's really the, the muscle of your business. Uh, but I've been told uh, that, you know, mailing out a menu, even if it's just once a month, can be too much for some people. So, you know, a new business, that might be a great idea to mail out something once a month. But for a business that's pretty well established like mine, it doesn't need to be. So you always have to measure where you are and what you really need to be doing and how you need to be doing it. Um, you know, for me personally, I find I, I'm a little turned off by text marketing and messenger marketing. Right. I just don't like all those notifications on my phone all the time. Um, I love email marketing, um, but, you know, a little bit goes a long way. So I think we got to go with the old, um, you know, Italian saying of, of less is more when it comes to our, our marketing and our pizza. Okay, what do many restaurants do wrong when it comes to marketing? For example, um, I, you know, I conduct many seminars and a lot of people come to these seminars and they're, you know, you can't tell them anything because uh, they all go with, oh, you know, we, we word of mouth, that's the best marketing ever. And, you know, before all these different platforms of connections and communications with people were available, word of mouth was the best marketing ever. But now with so much going on in our world and so much, you know, information coming to us all the time, you really have to know how to start word of mouth and to get it to benefit you. So a lot of people might think, you know, just because somebody comes in your store, they're going to walk out the door and talk about it all day. But that's that's really not the case. Um, and word of mouth can backfire on you, too. You might serve the, the tastiest sandwich in the world. But when they take a picture of it and put it on Instagram and it was not presented very nice, it's going to backfire on you if you just have this, this sandwich thrown on a plate and it looks uh, unappetizing no matter how great it is or how good it tastes. So 
you know, learning how to, to start word of mouth and get people talking, you really have to have the feel for your community. What, what do they talk about? What kind of things do they talk about? Um, can you strike an emotional chord with them? What do they really want to see? So it takes a lot of market research to get word of mouth going and to know how to start it. And one, you know, one piece of advice that I would give to many people if they want to start word of mouth is make smart partnerships. Use the grassroots marketing. Um, we talked about, you know, looking at a niche. Well, you could go to a celiac association, as I said, but you want to make a smart partnership. Um, I myself made a partnership with the, the fire department right after 9-11 because right. it really struck a chord with me how these firemen, you know, sacrificed everything um, to, to prevent and, you know, try to save people. And it boils down to, you know, we have fire companies all over the United States, 80% of them are volunteers. And you have people that, that volunteer for no compensation that are willing to, you know, go to a house fire and try to save a life and endanger themselves. And so this really is an organization that strikes a chord with, with many people because they know how valuable these fire companies are to their community. So I made a partnership with them and we created an event uh, we call it pizza and prevention today. This is actually the 20th year of it. And I never thought it would go on this long, but because it was such an emotional uh, connection with the community and it was something that people wanted to talk about, um, you know, we've made headlines all across the nation, um, internationally, and we've had many pizzerias want to imitate the event in some form in their own pizzeria. So it really, you know, struck a chord. It was great grassroots marketing and it got people talking. And that, that's what you want to do is find what really is important in your community and how can you connect with that and make smart partnerships. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the, the pandemic because obviously we're not out of it yet. Um, and as more restaurants move toward pickup and delivery online as a result of the pandemic, how has marketing changed over the past 18 months? Ooh, well, it has changed. Um, what we found is things like uh, box toppers, bounce back offers have become very important. Um, menu marketing has become very important. Um, one example of that is in the beginning of the pandemic when everybody was on lockdown, um, those of us that could do takeout and delivery were just slammed with people that wanted food. Um, they didn't want to give up their, you know, going out to eat and they didn't want to cook every night, even though they're on lockdown. So for example, if I had a customer that ordered pizza every Friday night, now they want to try something else. So that menu marketing uh, was, was very important to me that they could all of a sudden see that we have appetizers and see that we have stromboli, see that we have sandwiches and see all these different things. And so during the pandemic, getting your full menu out there, um, having bounce back offers attached right. to every box that goes out as you're doing all this delivery and carry out that helped a lot to get people back in your store to try different things. And then as the lockdowns eased up, you have these customers that not only liked your pizza every Friday night, but now they want a sandwich and some cheesy bread and uh, maybe something else with it. So you kind of learn from that and, you know, got your, your customers to increase their frequency. And, uh, you know, during the pandemic was a great time to um, promote online ordering. 
anything that was contactless where they didn't have to deal with people or be near people. So online ordering became very popular. Um, you know, we had a 50% growth in our online ordering sales. Um, email marketing became more popular. Um, text marketing became more popular. You know, people were definitely more connected to their devices as they were uh, you know, in lockdown. So they needed communication. And it was only these different ways of communicating and getting into their homes that you could get them to order, whether it was for pickup or delivery. So that really, uh, you know, brought about a lot of creativity that uh, many, many pizzerias and restaurants had to adopt uh, during that uh, time of the pandemic. Yeah, the pandemic definitely changed the way just about everybody did business. Um, and that, that, you know, goes for marketing too. How does a restaurant's budget affect its marketing capabilities? That's a good question because, you know, when one person spends, another person can't afford. And generally in, in the restaurant industry, they say 5% of your sales should be dedicated to marketing. So what you've got to do is look at what's your best opportunity to use that 5%. And that, that takes a lot of, you know, trial and error and measuring, you know, your return on investment. And it also takes a lot on you to be a little bit more creative if you want to stretch your dollars. And that's where, you know, we come back to this guerrilla marketing and where we come back to grassroots marketing. How can, you know, a little publicity stunt or working with a different association um, really turn into a marketing tool for you? Um, you know, partnering with different people can, you know, save you a lot of money. Uh, for example, I, I also partner with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And once a year, we do a drive here to light up a child's life and to grant a wish. And this is something that really, you know, pulls at the heartstrings of people when they listen in and they hear, you know, these stories of children that have, uh, you know, fought different uh, health battles. And the Make-A-Wish organization, you know, steps in and helps them to make a a child's dream or their wish, you know, come true. So to be part of that is, is really a great thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy. I, I was just moved by the stories I heard and I, I went over to the Make-A-Wish Association and says, hey, you know, how can I be part of this? Can we do this at my store? And, you know, usually groups like this are, are eager to, you know, find people to partner with. Um, for Punxsutawney, the way that we do it here, the radio station actually does a free live remote in your store uh, to, to build sales and to get people in to donate to the foundation, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It's a great way for you to get your name out and to sell some pizzas. We do um, a pizza where 100% uh, of the profit is donated to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And That's great. I do believe, um, Mandy, I think it was 2000, it was 2008, um, we had a video on pizza marketplace and I believe for months it was your top running video of uh, lighting up a child's life. And it showed what we were able to accomplish by working with uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And in that one day we were able to raise enough money to grant a wish. And I believe um, that at that time a wish was like $3,500. So that was $3,500 in profit that we could donate to the Make-A-Wish Foundation that we raised in just one day. So and when you it, do that, you're, you're getting free publicity from other publications as well. 
Oh, exactly. You have, you know, the local media promoting you because of your association with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. You have the Make-A-Wish Foundation promoting you. And you have all these people coming into your store that, you know, want to be part of this because it's a, it's a great thing to be part of. It's a feel-good, win-win situation for everybody. So, yeah, making, getting creative and forming strong partnerships can really drive your, your advertising dollars. You can get a lot more out of it. And you can really gain a lot more customers as you bring people in uh, and they sample your food and, you know, you put your best foot forward to impress them and, you know, show them your product. How do you avoid these cliched ad campaigns that are overlooked or have a negative impact on an intended audience? How do you really, you know, kind of avoid becoming a cliche in the marketing industry? Um, I really believe that that takes a little bit of time and study and that you have to do your homework for me, that meant that I, you know, read my magazines, uh, trade publications. I followed uh, articles on different websites like like your own and, and other ones that are out there. And, you know, some really important cliches that uh, you learn to avoid are, are things that anyone can say and nobody can prove, like we're the best. Um, people love us. Um, you know, best pizza around, best sandwich. When you when you start saying things like, like that, these are just, you know, words that anybody can throw out. And of course you think you're the best or why wouldn't you do better? You think that, but what, what really makes me think that? So when you learn how to do ads, you, especially like, like a print ad, you have to learn how to stack the ad, how to highlight key words and how to use motivational words that have positive impacts on people. Um, there's a whole lot of psychology involved in it and, and learn things to avoid. Um, maybe an example of that is when I run um, a feature. Um, if, I, if I do a, a pizza special and I want to say it's, it's $9, I'm going to say it's only, you know, nine. I'm not going to put the, the dollar sign there. So okay. you learn to avoid certain things like that or you highlight words where uh, like plus and free. Um, if you're doing a, a combo ad, you know, buy a pizza, get a free two liter. Um, so keywords are going to, you know, catch someone's attention and motivate them because people always are looking at ads uh, to see what's what's in it for them. So you want to be able to catch uh, catch them on these phrases that you use and avoid phrases that are just repetitive and that people use in their ads all the time that they, you know, this is authentic and this is, you know, the best and uh, and just similar words to that other people would describe, um, you know, the, the one and only, well, it should be different from everybody else's pizza. So that, that doesn't really impress me. Um, so it, it really takes a lot of, you know, learning and, and watching and reading. And, you know, I really strongly, um, you know, suggest that everyone should make some time to, you know, read and learn and listen from others and to try to apply these things in your pizzeria. You gotta, you gotta make some time to work on your business and be able to do things right and not waste your advertising dollars. Okay, finally, I, I think that no discussion of marketing would be complete without you know, a little bit of a talk about social media because it is so prevalent right now and it's, it's, it can be difficult and tricky to use. Um, so talk a little bit about how social media affects marketing today? Well, social media is a big part of marketing today. Uh, nobody can deny that. 
and social media can be used for, you know, good and bad. Um, you see a lot of people in Facebook jail because they just went on a rant about something and violated some rules. But, you know, remember it's, it's social media and remember what social is. It's, it's being social with your customers. So for social media to be uh, positive and it can be positive and it can also be a great way to start word of mouth and to get people talking and to get people to try your food, you need to interact with people. Um, it's, it's very important that your response times to messages and questions are, uh, quick, as quick as can be. It's very important to acknowledge people when they comment on your post. It's very important to not continually make your post an advertisement. You know, today's special is, I mean, that gets old after a while. It's not social. It just breaks down into boring advertising. So you want to use these platforms as they're meant to be. And that is meant to be social, um, convey a message, something that people are going to talk about. Um, it, it could be just, you know, what's your favorite pizza topping? Um, you know, finish this sentence, uh, different things like that. It could be games or contests, just get people excited about things. And, uh, you know, we're not, we're not just using it as an advertiser. Here's a free ad or this is better than bothering making a, uh, a website, but social media um, such as Facebook can be, you know, linked right into your, uh, right into your store with a call button. It could go right to your online ordering. You can sponsor ads and get people talking. Uh, slideshows of different, you know, real pictures from your store and your food to, uh, to show people um, that this is, you know, what you see is what you get. So, and these little things on social media, I really think can have a big impact um, on your business. And, and you should be able to, you should be able to track it too. If you put something up, you should be able to track how successful that promotion has been. You'll, you'll see how many, you know, shares that you have. Um, if it was a promotion to get to sell things, you'll see, um, you know, possibly how many people used the coupon code when they went to online ordering. Um, right now I'm running, um, a, a sponsored ad on Facebook to get people to try online ordering. Um, I've run uh, sponsored ads to get people to sign up for our email campaign. So you definitely can track all these things and see the interaction, what people like. Um, you know, some of my most loved pictures are pictures involving customers or highlighting employees. You know, people like to see themselves and they like to see themselves in a good light. So, and it um, humanizes, it, it humanizes your brand. Sure. Um, you know, the other day I was holding a little newborn baby of, um, one of our, our staff members just had a baby a week old and she brought him in to see us. And so I took a picture of myself holding the baby and that post did really great. You know, people love that. Um, I had a post of a, a baby in a pizza box <laughs> dressed up like a slice of pizza. And that, that picture went everywhere. I mean, people like to show off their babies. Um, we do different, uh, events here, meetings, card clubs. Uh, we have a private room for that. And so, you know, featuring these people on your Facebook page, it, it lets other people know that they can come here and do the same thing. And it lets these people know that you appreciated them being here and that they're special. And, you know, if you can tag them in your picture, it gets your post out into their timeline and helps it, you know, spread the word to others. So yeah, um, social media, you know, keep it social and, you know, as much as you can with the imagery, 
um, real life photos, real people, real food. Uh, it can be a great tool, a great asset. All right. Well, Scott, we'd like to thank you for being with us today. Your insight's been extremely helpful. We'd like to thank all of our listeners for listening. And that concludes our podcast for today. Thanks so much. Unlock an easier way to schedule your team of all-star employees. No spreadsheets. No hassle when team members want to swap shifts. And fast substitutions when staff call out sick. With Deputy, it's simple and lightning fast to create and share employee schedules. It's how over 250,000 workplaces are making life easier. From restaurants to retailers, to hotels and healthcare clinics. Ready to up your scheduling game? Go to deputy.com. Deputy, scheduling shifts is our goal.